Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. It's the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got a special guest, Aditi King of Walla, is going to join us from CBS Sports. We're going to talk to her about all the AFC North teams because she is an expert in talking and working talking and working those beats right here on the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We have our Monday and Wednesday and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive Podcast right here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. As always, you can find this content on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily episodes of content that covers all things Pittsburgh sports from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, but especially, again, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this show. We are joined by a special guest, Adina Kinkabwala from NFL, from, from, uh, from CBS, from CBS Sports. She also does a podcast called football heaven with the pro football hall of fame aditi thanks so much for joining the show how have you been chris i'm still sort of blown away by that intro music i mean <laughs> that's walk-up music did somebody purposely write that for you actually no that's the background uh to my friend my friend cedric perry he has a, a record a, a record company called renaissance music and we have a ton of we have a ton of their things i use them on locked on steelers as well they're 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 awesome. He has a ton of artists. I suggest. But he didn't write out. that specifically for you. Oh no no no! I I hit him up whenever he has a new song. It's like oh, like like hitting that's going right up the charts. I'm like, yo, get me that background. I'm using that for my show. Yeah, because that just totally fits who you are. <laughs> and I'm kind of in a vibe now. I'm feeling I, something. <laughs> I appreciate that. If y'all don't know who Aditi is, first of all, y'all need to get yourselves together because Aditi has been on all the <laughs> AFC North beats for years. She's been here in Pittsburgh. She's been known to be to kind of to kind of go to each of the teams, know what's going on. And I wanted to take time to talk to you, Aditi, today about the entire AFC North because this is a very interesting position the division is in. For so long, when you were covering the Steelers, it was like the Steelers and the Ravens, top dogs, battling it out. And occasionally, like the Browns would sneak up and the Bengals would sneak up and then they disappear. But for the past two seasons. It's been the Bengals running the running the division and even kind of running the conference. They almost made the Super Bowl for a second straight year. The Ravens, they everyone thinks they might do it, and then Lamar Jackson gets hurt, and then we don't see how, how well they finish. The Browns, they went and got to Sean Watson. Of course, his situation precluded that from kind of you know manifesting into something better for them. But all three of those teams with veteran quarterbacks that they believe in, um, and we'll get to the Lamar Jackson situation in a little bit, but – that's a contrast from where the Steelers are restarting with Kenny Pickett at quarterback next year. He'll be in the, he'll, he'll be the solidified starter. I, I guess when you look at the strengths of all those teams, everyone says the Steelers need to invest in the offensive line, but is that the best option for the Steelers right now? If they're going to focus on that in free agency in the NFL draft, when you have the strengths of the Bengals with all their, their threats in the passing game, the strengths of the Ravens when they can run the ball extremely well with Lamar Jackson, as well as Nick Chubb uh, with the Browns, 
would the Steelers be overlooking their divisional opponents if they just said, hey, let's go get this offensive line and solidify the blockers for Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris? So there's a few things there, right? You're kind of making your case in saying that every team within yeah. the division has perhaps a little bit of a different strength. And so how could any one team just focus on shoring up one area. And right. it, I mean, it takes me back. This takes me, I'm totally aging myself. It's funny when you were talking about the Bengals being down and then all of a sudden being this. Actually, Chris, when I moved to Pittsburgh 10 years ago, 11 years ago, it was the Bengals that were hot. It was five yeah. years in a row that the Bengals went to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Of course, they couldn't get over the hump. And one could argue that the difference is having that elite quarterback, Joe Burrow versus Andy Dalton. But Going back to those days, I remember once talking to, I can't remember if it was Eric DeCosta or if it was even Ozzie Newsom, that when you have Antonio Brown and you have A.J. Green and you have these great receivers in the division, does that mean that you just have to pay that much more attention to your secondary? Because it is about matchups, and those are matchups that you see more than anybody else. And the answer is always like, of course you pay attention to the way ball is played within your division. And the thing about the AFC North is that there's definitely an identity in the AFC North. In the AFC North, you need to be able to run the football. And that's it. So if you need to be able to run the football, then you need to be able to stop the run. And okay. not last season, but the year before when the Steelers struggled to stop the run, you saw how devastating that was. You mm -hmm. see where right now the Steelers absolutely need to shore up the interior of their defensive line. You would say the same thing about the Browns. You know, going into last season, we all thought that the Browns were ridiculously talented. There was obviously this huge question mark about quarterback play and perhaps about their receivers beyond Jamari Cooper and maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones. But the question mark going into the season was what's happening with the interior of that defensive yeah. line? And the question coming out of that season was, Wow, that interior of the defensive line didn't do what it needed to do. So in that sense, yes, there are certain central tenets in the AFC North. You better be able to lock down. I mean, maybe not lock down, sorry, contain yeah. the receivers in this division, but you absolutely better be able to run the ball and you better be able to stop the run. So when you sit here and you talk about the offensive line, I think when we look at the Steelers' new brain trust, because, of course, mm -hmm. year one, this is the first combine that this new brain trust will go through. Kevin Colbert mm -hmm. didn't retire until after last year's draft. Absolutely. So even though Omar Khan has been in place, this will be his first draft, his first full free agency. Andy Weidel, who is kind of the personnel czar that was brought in last year mm -hmm. to work with Omar Khan, well, he's got his roots in Philly. And if there's one thing that Howie Roseman in Philly believes in, you build from the line of scrimmage out. So yes. you know that Andy is going to bring that to the Steelers. And we saw why that worked this year. The Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago had to retool their offensive line after what the Tampa Bay Bucks did to them. Look at that offensive front, and you see what that Eagles offensive front was. And... The Eagles' defensive front carried them 
all the way up to the Super Bowl. And one of the points made in that Super Bowl is that that defensive front couldn't get off on that field in the zero sacks. And exactly. And so because there were zero sacks, it essentially neutralized what was supposed to be one of their strengths. One could argue, is it really the field or is it that Chiefs offensive front? So, I mean, I know we're kind of talking in circles here, but I would say the Steelers have a lot of areas that they need to Mm -hmm. shore up. Do they need to get better in the secondary, especially at the corner or particularly at the cornerback position? Yes, they do. Do they need to be better at their in their interior linebacker play? Yes, they do. And they've clearly have adjusted their coaching at that position group too. Do they need to be tougher up front on both sides of the ball? Yes, because you always need to be tougher up front on both sides of the ball. And while I thought the Steelers' offensive line certainly improved as the season went on, and we saw that in the run game, we saw that in the time that Kenny Pickett had, I'd just like to see a piece of nasty there. (laughs) I mean, remember, like, David DeCastro, nicest guy that there is, mellow as they come, but if you crossed him on that field, woohoo! Marquise Ponce. You don't want Marquise Pouncey mad at you. Another guy who always had a smile on his face, who still always has a smile on his face. But there's just a level of nasty that you want on your offensive line. And I don't know that we saw that. Did we yeah, see that? I, 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 don't think we, that? I don't think we did. I, thought, I think we saw coordination from the offensive line in the second half of the season. Like there were games where we saw like early on in the season, offensive line was a mess. Kenny Pickett was getting hit all the time. Najee Harris is getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. But then in the second half, Pat Meyer, I thought, did a solid job of getting this group to kind of coalesce and saying, hey, let's get on the same page. And so you saw them be more refined in where they were going and which, which assignment they had to make sure that the holes were open or to make sure that Kenny Pickett was protected in the pocket. But like you said, I didn't see enough of that nasty that they were ta- that they were talking about. You know, Kevin Dotson, I think, occasionally got that way, but there were also times where Kevin got Dotson got a little too <laughs> aggressive, and that and that cost the Steelers. The Steel, and this is where I think the Steelers, if they invest in the offensive line, like you're talking about with the trenches, then you can be the nasty ones. You can be the group that 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 sets the tone because you know. Also, you know, this is a team. You know, we've talked about not, about Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris is also a first round pick that the Steelers have invested into, and they want to make sure that he has the opportunity to control the pace of games. They like Jalen Warren. They want to take the pressure off Kenny Pickett. This is why I know there's a lot of Steelers out fans out there. They're like, let's go get Jordan Addison. Let's go get this guy and get these playmakers. But listen, the Steelers did that for several years for Ben Roethlisberger, and it got them some results here and there, but we saw the aging of the offensive line. They've aged out, and they they held the fort last year, especially in the second half. I think it's time, like you're saying, to get the nasty guys in this draft, and this is an interesting class for offensive linemen, both in the interior and an offensive tackle, that could make them a much better group. They don't need to get you know a whole starting new five. I think James Daniels did really well. I think Chikuma Korfor is still a solid right tackle. I think that I Mason like Mason Cole. Cole. Yep. I, Mason Cole did. I thought did a very fine job at center. Kevin Dotson, I think, could be Mercurial, where he'd have his great games. And you have his very not great games. You just can't afford that. You just can't afford that in the National Football League, and you can't afford that in this division. So, Absolutely. I want to talk to you more about this division in a a second here because the AFC North, 
We've seen we've seen what the Bengals have been going through, but the Bengals got some real free agency questions. The Ravens are dealing with Lamar Jackson's contract questions. The Browns, how do they keep building with Deshaun Watson? We'll answer those questions in a minute here with Aditi Kinkabala in a second here. But first, got to talk to you guys about one of our great sponsors, and that's Valley Pool and Spa. It's gotten a little bit nicer weather here lately in Pittsburgh, but. Trust me, the cold will be coming back. And the best way to relax out all away from the cold is with a hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna in your home from Valley Pool and Spa. And that's the place where you can go, relax, de-stress, and you can even get installed a Finleo sauna, which is designed to help you refresh, help you rejuvenate, get back out into the world feeling de-stressed and ready to tackle the challenges every single day. So if you want a hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna, go to Valley Pool and Spa, and you can visit their website at any point in time to check out all of the products that they have available at valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com to save big now on all your in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas. Again, valleypoolspa.com. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter. We have, again, Aditi Kinkabwala, AFC North and NFL specialist from CBS Sports. Aditi, I want to talk to you about the other teams in the division because we have talked about ad nauseum on this podcast about the Steelers' needs and how to address them. And the combine is going to, you know, set, I'm sure set a lot of people off in different directions about new prospects that they see and who the Steelers talking to. But let's take a minute to talk about their opponents in the AFC North. And I want to start with the two-time AFC North champions, the Cleveland, uh, excuse me, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but the Cincinnati Bengals were a step away from being able to repeat as AFC champions and get a chance to avenge their loss in the, uh, in, in the Super Bowl uh, from the previous year. It didn't happen. But now they're in a position where I feel like they're not – in a danger zone yet. I think the, the Buffalo Bills were in a prime position this year for this to be their year. Then Von Miller got hurt. It didn't work out. Now everyone's wondering, when does that window close of that era of the Josh Allen Bills before they have to kind of retool the tools around him? I don't think the Bengals are there yet, but they have some serious questions coming up in free agency. Players that aren't currently signed to the contracts who could hit free agency if nothing's done yet include Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Eli Apple, Hayden Hurst, Trey Flowers, uh, Samaji Perrine, uh, and you, Jermaine Pratt, other guys down the list there. They just re-signed Cal Adamitis Pittman, uh, their, their long snapper, uh, so, and that's cool. But And they have cap space, but how dire do you think the, the Bengals are in a situation to be like, hey, we need to secure up the key guys from that core right now because eventually when T. Higgins has to get paid on top of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that's when it's going to get tough for this franchise to keep all the pieces that have been making these special runs. Well, and that's the magic right there, right? That you've got and Sean McDermott or it, no, it was actually Brandon B and it was Bill's general manager who made that point that the Bengals actually went through that awful period. And we talk about this in the city of Pittsburgh all the time that mm -hmm. Pittsburgh is always competitive, but at some point is it better to not be exactly. not that any player would ever admit this or any team or anything like that. Just philosophically speaking, 
is it better to be middling and just miss the playoffs or to just back into them and lose in the first round or to mm -hmm. actually be in position one year to get a Jamar Chase? And so Brandon Bean was saying, well, we haven't basically been bad enough to get a Jamar Chase. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Two years in a row, get a Joe Burrow and a T. Higgins, who essentially, being the first pick of the second round of the draft, was like having two first-round picks. Mm -hmm. So right now, the Bengals have a superstar quarterback and two wide receiver ones, because let me tell you, T. Higgins is a wide receiver one. Yes, he all is. All on their rookie contracts. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of another team that is in that position. I mean, if I think of a team that has two wide receiver ones, I think of the Eagles, but A.J. Brown is not on a rookie contract. So um, I, that is a piece of it for sure when you talk about making a window work or making a group this volume of the team work as it is fashioned that core can it work i look at that secondary and as you know not last season but the season before so last season obviously i was manning sidelines for cbs and mm -hmm. totally different job Loved it in every way. Prior to that, as you know, was my 10th season at the NFL Network. And yes. that job was very different. And in that job, I basically just was very, very, very heavily involved in the AFC North. Mm -hmm. And I think I had nine Bengals games that year, the year that they went to the wow. Super Bowl. And so I got to know them really well. And it was that secondary that made things go. It was Von Bell and Jesse Bates and their communication and their leadership. And Von Bell and Jesse Bates used to bring in the entire secondary on Tuesdays, which as you know, our players day off and they'd get mm -hmm. to Chick-fil-A and they would watch film. <laughs> they would just sit the secondary, the players alone. They'd watch film, they'd watch cut-ups, they'd talk and they would over-communicate on a Tuesday where Jesse Bates is the safety is saying, okay, when I see this, I'm looking at this. And a corner would say, well, I'm doing this. And Jesse would say, well, I need you to do this because this is what helps me. And it's that over-communication. I mean, I remember early in the season, very early in that year, Jesse Bates saying to me, if you don't see us talking, we're in trouble. And that was something that Von Bell had brought from his previous experience. So that leadership really matters a lot. I felt like that secondary really helped make things go because, again, one of the basic tenets of football, Russian coverage, they go hand in hand. If your coverage is good, it makes your pass rush look a heck of a lot better. But, 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 and this is a conversation that I actually had with Jesse Bates last year. It was Monday Night Football in Cleveland. The Bengals were in Cleveland. And as he was walking out, we kind of chatted for a while about life, our careers, where we are, and it is one of the other truisms in the National Football League. When you earn your veteran salary, when you have put it, done enough work and gotten so good that you are worth a veteran salary, it is very, very easy to bring in a young rookie who only wants a rookie salary. Yeah. Exactly what the Bengals did a year ago. They did indeed franchise tag Jesse mm -hmm. Bates, but they brought in a rookie to play his position. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is very unlikely that the Bengals will pony up the money for Jesse Bates, that he is worth, that he deserves, that he is right. due. Now, does Jesse feel so strongly about his team and what he can do with this team that he takes a hometown discount? I don't know. But Jesse's in a very different position than a wide receiver or – 
a quarterback like a Tom Brady who could be in position to do so because those guys, our old friend Ramon Foster used to love to tell me, when you win, everybody eats. And that's the truth. Mm -hmm. So Tom Brady knew as long as he kept winning, vitamin water would be there, Uggs would be there, TB12. There were going to be a ton of other ways to make money, to maximize marketing dollars if you're a winner. And what better way to be a winner than to make sure that the team has enough money around that player to bring in what he needs. I mean, we saw Josh Allen do this a year ago saying, I can't take the largest possible piece of the pie because then I won't have anybody to throw to. And their bills need to go and get them somebody else, even though that's not this division that we're talking about. But I don't think that a safety necessarily has the same ability to take that long view and say, okay, well, I'll take two or $3 million less and I'll make it up in endorsement money. Joe Burrow can say that. I don't know that Jesse Bates can. So I just... I I wish, you know, like in my heart, I wish for the Bengals that it was a priority to bring Von Bell and Jesse Bates back. I just don't see it being as such. And I think that that's the nature of the way the game goes and I, the way I, the game I, is played right now. I do agree with that because I look at the Bengals and we and like we talk about the quarterback and the wide receivers and everything they've been able to do. But you look at a lot of those playoff games that they've won, especially the last two years. The defense has been so on point. Lou Anaruma has done a great job putting together what their what their assignments are, and th- that would be a serious point of contention for me if I if the Bengals aren't able to bring back those guys. You know, everyone talked about how the Steelers had the most expensive defense in the NFL. They spent over a hundred million dollars on defense. Guess who was the next closest to spending money on defense? It was the Cincinnati Bengals, and they spent $105 million to, to the 100 Steelers, $109 million. They were only $4 million, and a Keller Witherspoon contract off from total spending. <laughs> and so I look at that, and like again, that's not a knock on the Bengals, but it's an acknowledgement that they knew, hey, while we got Joe Burrow and all those guys on rookie contracts, let's load up on this side of the ball, and let's go, let, let's go try to win this thing. And the question is, can they keep doing that because – you can sign a contract now. Like they have $35 million in cash space now. But if you sign one, a, a contract, and these guys are looking for four and five year deal type of deals that lock them up for the rest of their careers, that's the, the big deals of their careers, you, lock, you lock, sign those contracts. It's going to really hamper your opportunity to sign guys like a T. Higgins, like a Joe Burrow, and like a Jamar Chase. And not that they won't sign, especially Burrow and Chase. I think those are going to be the primary options. But they're, they're certainly looking at right now. What kind of cap space will they limit themselves if they sign more guys to bigger deals for longer terms that are going to impact when Joe Burrow's up? I think his fifth-year extension is next season, not this season, uh, not 2023, but 2024 is his fifth-year extension. So they're going to need to jump on that contract soon. Then Jamar Chase's would be the 2025-year, which they'd also want to jump on that. And so now's the time when I think the Bengals have to start making plans, and maybe they can bring these guys back on more one- or two-year deals but long-term deals, if that's what these guys are looking for, you know, that's going to be interesting. Bates, 26 years old this upcoming year, 
Von Bell 29. I want to talk to you, Didi, about Lamar Jackson in a second here, as well as what your thoughts on how Omar Khan's going to handle this this uh, this upcoming draft process. We'll do that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about one of our great sponsors, and that's Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers in the Berg is the ultimate place for Pittsburgh fans to go get Pittsburgh sports merchandise. They have two stores in the Strip District that you can visit all throughout the week where they have Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, anything Pittsburgh sports, they've got there. And if you want to get it, they have not just jerseys, but they have sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more. Head there, or if, you, if you're if you outside of Pittsburgh, if you can't make it to the Strip District, just check out their website, yinzerspgh.com. And every single week, their merchandise is updating with all new stuff every week, getting you new gear. That if you want to get it for yourself, for your friend, for your family, for your loved ones, anyone who's a diehard Pittsburgh sports fan, this is the place to be. So go visit Yinzers in the Berg or go check them out, yinzerspgh.com. That's yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Aditi Kinkabwala of CBS Sports. Aditi, Lamar Jackson took the world by storm when he took, o- when he took over for the Ravens uh, in 2018, led them to the playoffs. 2019, he wins NFL MVP, and then you know he's gotten them to the playoffs, but they haven't gotten over the hump. They haven't been able to get to get to the AFC Championship, let alone the Super Bowl. And now you have Joe Burrows rising. Now the Steelers are trying to load up with Kenny Pickett. The Browns went and got Deshaun Watson. And now Lamar Jackson's in a situation where he has to, or where he he wants to get paid what he thinks he's worth. But the Ravens haven't just acquiesced. It hasn't just been, a, oh yeah, sign the dotted line. We're going to get this done. We're going to pay him everything. A uh, report from Jameson Henley of ESPN said that, you know, looking at, you know, the contract negotiations, they've made offers of $250 million, uh, you know, over the, the length of the contract with $130 million guaranteed. And Lamar Jackson sent that back and said he wants something different. Are the Ravens really in danger of losing Lamar right now? Or do you think this is just a sort of back and forth that we're just going to see because Lamar's that good of a quarterback and eventually this deal is going to get done? Or is he on a new team and the Ravens are going to be in rebuild mode soon? I just think that this is one of this is not a one size fits all negotiation, and this is right. a very very different um, dance. Simply because Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent, so it doesn't necessarily follow the same path, the same course that any previous or any future negotiation would take. And it's funny, I said this earlier this week. I remember stories when Lamar Jackson was coming out of college. And some teams said that it was a little bit difficult to kind of get a hold of him because he didn't have an agent. Right. So, and a year ago, Eric DaCosta, the Ravens general manager, very openly said at the scouting combine, in fact, that the Ravens want to do a deal. They have every intent to do a deal, but that they're kind of waiting on Lamar to show some sort of similar urgency back. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Is it the exclusive franchise tag? Is it the non-exclusive? My gut says it's the exclusive franchise tag, but if it's the non-exclusive, how do we even know that other teams are going to be able to negotiate with Lamar any better than the Ravens have been able to negotiate with him? I do, with Deshaun Watson getting so much guaranteed money, then how could any other quarterback, especially one who's already won an MVP, who is a game changer in so many ways, how could he not fight or try 
to get something similar or say, hey, I'm worth that as well. Right. There's also concerns or questions about his availability. And the last few years, the last two years, he's obviously struggled a little bit. And I always hate, Chris, to ever call anybody injury prone or to say that somebody is more likely to get hurt. These are things that happen in silos and sometimes it's just bad luck. Mm -hmm. And you might get hurt before and then never get hurt. You might, you know, you might get hurt three times in two years and then not get hurt for five years. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But uh, it's an interesting thing to watch. I don't think, I, I believe the Ravens when they tell you, when John Harbaugh and when Eric DaCosta tell you, we want Lamar to be a Raven. We love him, believe in him, all of that. They fashion their whole offense around Lamar Jackson. So I, I struggle to see him playing elsewhere. But again, I mean, it's got to be the most maddening negotiation. Yeah. It's just not as simple as an agent saying, no, we need A, B, and C, and then coming back and saying, okay, we'll give you A, but we can't give you B and C. How about D? It's just not breaking down that way. And, and I think that's been a thing that, ev- that everyone's going to be looking at in the AFC North. What happens with the Lamar Jackson deal? Because let's say they do get it done. All right, now how much of their salary cap is that for the next umpteen years, however long he signed to a contract? That's what I think everyone's looking to see because the Steelers could be in the position where the Bengals found themselves in by drafting Joe Burrow, where they once Joe Burrow gets paid, then Kenny Pickett will be the guy who's on the rookie deal while everyone else has veteran quarterbacks. Again, this is I do, but I think that this is going to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we're going to see more quarterbacks like a Joe Burrow take yeah. more guaranteed money for a shorter term deal. Not like the Patrick Mahomes 10 years. And because what we've seen in quarterback contracts, Chris, is that, you know, the minute the ink is dry, it's an outdated number. You know, you're the highest paid quarterback until five minutes from now. Mm -hmm. And so you can get life changing money. If you're, if I'm Joe Burrow, I can get life changing money for not just me, but the next generation over four years. And four years from now, I'm banking on my being worth more. Mm-hmm. than if I lock myself into year five right now. So I think, you know, you talk about long-term deals, but of course there's the issue of security. As someone who's worked under contracts, I hate yep. when the contract is up. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like part of it is exciting because it's like, oh, what's it going to be? But until like the piece of paper is in front of you, it's just the lack of security. I think that's the question that they have and a lot of teams have right now. It's one thing that we'll monitor heading into free agency. Aditi, thank you so much for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We appreciate your time as always. We'd love to have you back sometime very soon to get your insights on what we've learned throughout the combine and as we get set up for free agency because a lot of teams I anticipate making big moves coming in March. Anytime, Chris. It would be my pleasure, especially if you play music again. (laughs) <laughs> well, guess what? We're about to play moves again. Again, this is the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Back Monday with more here content. We're going to be at the the, the the Combine. Myself, Ray Fittipato, Jerry like all of us there. You'll see us there for, uh, right here. And check out all of our content at post-gazette.com for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, Click the link down below in the description.
Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.